Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Order your favorite CBH menu items from the comfort of your home with Skip the Dishes. Okay, man, let's turn and burn. Are you not entertained? And here we go. The official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Derek Taylor. 406 on a Tuesday, the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. We have a couple of riders, pieces of news, a couple of them very important signings to discuss. We'll go around the Canadian Football League. Regina's finest re-upping in Winnipeg. Spit take, but at least he sounds happy. We'll hear from Pat Newfeld a little later on in the show. We'll talk about what Ken Holland had to say and his availability today for the Oilers. Talk some Pats, some Winnipeg Jets. How not to do a post-game interview, or at least not finish it. And we'll talk about how... Saskatoon is currently the center of the hockey world. Clayton Croker, what's up, buddy? It feels good, DT. It feels good. Emily Clark, Saskatoon's finest, named to her second Olympic team today. And the Blades, oh, the Blades have something super cool going on. We're going to need to discuss just a little bit uh, later in the show. You, you've been working from home, is that right, buddy? Yeah, I got uh, I got the old double lines on the COVID rapid test, but I feel totally fine. Symptom-free, nothing's going on. I feel fine. So just been working from home. I still have my taste. I still have everything. Like, I just, I feel normal, right? But when you get the two lines, you got to you gotta stay at home for five days, right? So right. I'm, I'm not a, I know I sound like a, like a rule breaker, DT. I know I sound like a bad boy. I'm soft as covered butter. So when uh, someone tells me to do something, I'm going to be like a sheep. I'm going to do it. I know, judge all you want. But, yeah, I've been working from the basement for five days. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah, that is that is not ideal. But uh, safety, safety first. If you, it, I'm assuming you were afraid of losing your taste. What's the thing you're like, oh, man, if I can't taste this, I'm out. I'm leaving. Peanut butter. Big peanut butter guy. Like, if I can't have peanut butter, that's the one food. I'm a picky eater. Like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a getting chicken fingers at a five-star restaurant kind of guy. First of all, because that's just the safe move. Chicken fingers taste good no matter what. But I don't know. Like, peanut butter for me is such a, if I can't have peanut butter, game over. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, as weird as that says, peanut butter for dinner, okay, maybe that's pushing it. But I'm losing basically breakfast if I'm losing peanut butter. Yeah, that sounds about right. Peanut butter on toast, peanut butter and jam, peanut butter and banana, uh, peanut butter on a burger. I'm surprised, actually, honestly, how well that works when you do it properly. Uh, peanut butter yeah. is a, it's it's that's yeah. virtually a superfood. No, no. People, no, people are trying too hard with that one. People are trying too hard. No, the peanut butter on the burger, man. I've tried it. I've tried to like it. People are forcing that one. That's just people just get Facebook likes with the peanut butter on the burger. Don't try and don't try and sell me on that. It's it's not gonna work. <laughs> uh, peanut butter mac and cheese. Uh, turkey stuffed with crab no. stuffed with peanut butter for a tur crab no. butter. No. Just peanut butter goes on everything. Like, I just, just want there needs to be a there needs to be a food channel on the internet that's just simple food, just a grilled cheese with cheese in it, and that's it. 
every grilled cheese video now is like, oh, grilled cheese with duck confit inside. <laughs> and it's like, no, like just simple food. I'm not making these crazy foods. And everything now, they just put mac and cheese in this, mac yep. and cheese in that. Food videos on the internet three years ago were the best thing in my life, as sad as that is to say out loud. But uh, they were just, and now they're just a monstrosity. Now they're just, they're just clickbait, in my opinion. I don't know why we're ranting about food videos on the internet, but. <laughs> I, it sounds like Reddit slash uh, r slash stupid food would be right up your alley because there are all sorts of people just like you with their complaints about the stupid things we, we do with our food. All right, uh, let's talk about the riders. Big signing and a less big signing, but both of them very, very nice. The one just out now, defensive tackle Charbel DeBeer, re-signing what we believe to be a one-year contract. DeBeer had some injury problems after damaging himself in the squat cage in the offseason. Uh, got caught under, what was it, 435 pounds in the squat cage or 495? Some ridiculous you know, sum of weights. He, he'd hurt his thigh, came back, and man, for a big man, he just makes some plays within the middle of that defense. So very happy that Charbel is back. The big one tackled Taryn Vaughn signing back. Again, we believe to be a one-year contract. Vaughn missed all of the 2021 season after hurting his shoulder in training camp. Man, did he ever try to keep it going. He got out there in the green and white game with a, a brace on his shoulder, but he just couldn't use that arm. Surgery out for the year. Riders struggled at tackle, but now Vaughn back for 2022. Uh, that, I mean, to me, Clayton, that's the big one of the day because that's probably the biggest area of need for the Riders. Well, the tackle position all season long for Saskatchewan, not great. There was just no consistency at that tackle spot. There were a couple weeks where it was like, okay, Boyko's figured it out, or okay, maybe we can go with this rotation of O-linemen. It seems to work, right? Next week, out the window. That doesn't work. You need consistency on the O-line. Nothing's worse than having a year where you're just... You're just filling guys in the worst spots, and you're putting guards in the tackle spot. You're putting tackles in the guard spot. It's just a nightmare, right? So yeah. hopefully if Vaughn can stay healthy, that's a big signing. I'm just, oh, man, the injury bug on this O-line the past couple of years, it's just it's just been tough. And fingers crossed, knock on wood, that that, that, that it's over now with this signing. Yeah, and the, the injury bug for Taron Vaughn has been unfortunate. He was hurt late in 2019. You remember that playoff game against Winnipeg? It looked like he would have just liked to rip his arm off and throw it into the stands. It was hurting him so bad at, at points during that. And then he wrecks the other shoulder the next training camp and, and has, to miss, uh, has to miss the season. Here's the thing, though. Uh, one, I mean, Vaughn probably could have rehabbed at home, but he chose to stay with the team. And, and two, you would see him in things like pregame or before practices because he couldn't practice, but he's just bouncing around and just so happy to be around to his teammates. I look at that and go, one, pretty good on the field, but two, as much as he might be quiet with us in the media, I feel like that is just an A-level locker room guy. So a guy I absolutely am overjoyed the Riders brought back. Those are the guys you want in the locker room. The guys that are hurt, and the guys that are hurt for a long time, like they don't have to go to practice. Like it's not expected for them to go to practice. Yeah. But for Taryn Vaughn to show up 
all the time and to show up to pregame and to do all these things, that's the guy you want in the locker room. And those are usually the guys that are joking around, keeping things light, especially a veteran <laughs> guy as well. That just does that does huge things for the young guys in the locker room too. Seeing a veteran guy like that, hey, put in the time when really, again, he has an out. He has a card that he can play. I'm yeah. hurt, guys. I'm not showing up to this, but he's showing up. And that's what a, that's what a successful football team does. So, again, just the character of this guy. And, and big man can move, too. Like yep. When this guy's healthy, he is he is probably top five offensive lineman in the CFL. It's it, it's just it, – I always find it funny to, to watch because uh, Vaughn is – you know, they list him at 6'3 and 305. Like, that's a big dude. But he's just bopping around like a little kid at points. And you're like, oh, my God. I, I love how much you love being alive and being a pro football player. So, uh, this one, a real nice, nice signing for the Riders, a team that essentially had to go with their third and fifth choices at offensive tackle and then third, fifth, and sixth choices at offensive tackle last season. Is, is that the one? Is that the, is that the biggest area? If you're just looking at 2021 to this coming year, Clayton, is that the single biggest area or unit which needs to improve in your mind? Before Lenius went to the NFL, probably I was going to say offensive line. Like the defense, you know, you can get a couple of those guys who are coming off of, you know, they're getting cut in the NFL, they're coming off practice roster. You can get a couple of those diamond in the rough guys. But offense, you know, you like to have that consistency. So I would have said O-line. But yeah. after Lenius left, there's a, there are a couple of holes in the rider receiving core now, right? I mean, sure, they do have some depth with Canadians. I mean, Justin McKinnis might get some playing time now, and he might have a bigger role now that Lenius is gone because the fact that he was a Canadian receiver and he's gone, that's uh, you never lo- like losing your Canadians, especially when they're starters. Yeah, the, the Lenius one, it's good you bring that up because, I mean, those guys are all free agents, which is the first hurdle to overcome. But if you're talking Shaq, Duke, if Kyron Moore was back healthy and Kean Schaefer-Baker, who is under contract, okay, you've got the real foundation, but who's the replacement for Lenius, the guy who, who will step into the backfield and block? I, I've, I've always felt like McKinnis is more a guy who should play on the outside. He's tall, he's lankier, uh, he, he should probably play on the outside. Would you bring back Mitchell Pickton to be that role, or do you do you feel like you have to go to market and get a guy who is you know two hundred twenty pounds and and uh, not necessarily you know Javon Katoya, the BC Lions muscly, but someone in that vein? Do they have to go to market or go through the draft to find somebody to fill in for Braden Lenius? You just made me think of actually as I put together this receiving core, Lenius is actually going to be quite a bit of a loss for what he really did. I mean, he had over 400 yards. He had four touchdowns in a shortened season. I think what they do, I think you let Pickton and McKinnis just battle it out in camp. Just say, you two are our guys. You're going to be our fifth receiver. Battle it out because we need a Canadian. You're two best ones. Or maybe a, who knows, maybe a draft pick. Maybe a diamond in the rough comes out. Who knows? But I just think you let those two battle it out in camp. Because that position is going to be huge. Duke Williams and Shaq Evans are going to get double teams, and they're going to get the attention of every defense in the league as they should. So that's when the Kean Schaefer-Bakers and the Braden Leniuses, that's why they're so big in a rider offense mm-hmm. that features two big receivers like that. So th- those 4R and 5R positions, sure they're down there on the depth chart, but when the other guys, they get so much attention, you need those guys to step up. So I'm a little worried about Braden Lenius walking away. That wasn't – it didn't really get a lot of attention on, on Twitter or anything like that, but I was a little worried about that one. Yeah, the, the thought that it might happen, we kind of didn't 
I, I'd never really thought about it until we started hearing, oh, he's working out with this guy. And then you go, yeah, actually, that, that makes a lot of sense with a big body who is who has really changed himself in the last couple of years. And, man, some of those catches he made and that touchdown he almost made, but he was out of bounds by half an inch in the north end zone here at Mosaic Stadium. You go, this kid can make plays, and uh, that's the kind of body the NFL uh, is going to chase, and the Riders will then have to replace Here's the question we have for you. It is going on Twitter at DT on SC. You can jump on in and suits. And I will take this out to every CFL team when he joins us at five 30, but Clayton and I will discuss on the other side of the break. Who's a guy, the riders must resign and who's a guy who should test free agency. You think might be able to uh, get a little bit of a sniff from around the league. If he should test free agency what rider fits the bill for each of those you can hit me up on the text line at 306-936-6262 a guy the riders absolutely must re-sign i feel like i know the answer to that one and who's a guy from the riders you think should test free agency because he might find a little more love around the league the text line brought to you by the saskatchewan rough rider foundation it's the chase the ace rider edition text line as you mentioned glenn Suter is 5 30 arash madani at 605 rachel dory talks hockey all the way from mexico at 505 in the cage afternoon rush at 419 zinger thinking of you get better brother congratulations to saskatoon's emily clark chosen for canada's Olympic women's hockey team. It'll be Clark's second time at the Olympics, having won silver in 2018. Winnipeg Jets placing four more players into COVID protocols, including defenseman Nathan Beaulieu and Logan Stanley. They joined Nikolai Ehlers, who went in yesterday. And MLB and the Players Association will have a bargaining session tomorrow. Labor talks. First time the league and the players will meet since the lockout on December the second from his own COVID protocols. It's Clayton Croker in Saskatoon. Uh, at what point does stir craziness come in Clayton? Cause I've not had COVID yet. I've had some things where I thought, Oh, I don't feel real well, but that was a couple days and reaction to the shot. What point does stir craziness set in for you? Well, I got lucky. I got the five day quarantine. I don't know how people did the 10 day or 14 day because this, I mean, again, it is a little like first world problem style here, but oh, being stuck in your basement watching TV over and over again. Oh, no. Like there are worse things, right? Rediscover the show Kenny versus Penny. Now, oh, yeah. that show is hilarious. Hidden gem of a show doesn't age well. I forgot how. Uh, I forgot how 18A that show is. Oh okay. boy, <laughs> yep. it wasn't uh, it wasn't too PC back in the day, and uh, it would I think it would have got canceled pretty quick. But it's still so funny. Just don't watch it with your kids. I'm just you know watching shows I meant to watch, watching movies you mean to watch. But I think around day three, that's when you watch everything, you play everything. Yeah. I even broke out my old Super Nintendo and started playing Donkey Kong and NBA Jam. Boom shakalaka, he's heating up oh, all that. Chris Mullen and, killing it. And, and then yeah. it was it, it. It was at that point where I'm like, man, I'm playing Super Nintendo. It's two o'clock on a on a Tuesday. <laughs> what am I doing with my life here? Like, uh, Mosh, you were recently knocked on your your buttocks. Mosh running the board for us today. Uh, did you? Were you just too sick for boredom to ca to catch? I was in? honestly, yeah, just I was laid out for for three and a half days. Boredom didn't, wasn't even in the back of my mind. Yes. Yeah. 
either get me out of this bed right now and let me do something or this is it. Like, see you later, guys. <laughs> Someone peeled his sweatshirt off me. It's yeah. stuck to my body. What day am I on here on underwear now? Oh, this is day five. Maybe I should oh, turn these inside out. Yes. No, I'm totally <laughs> Yes. Peeling underwear off at 421 on a, on a Tuesday. I love it. Well, it's great to have you back, Clayton. It's great to know that you are doing uh, okay with, with all your stuff and you can talk some uh, sports with us. Want to know from you on the text line, a guy the Riders absolutely must re-sign and a guy you think would be better going to market. Might be able to get himself a little bit of a better deal. Clayton, a guy the, the guy the Riders must re-sign. Who is it for you? Well, I think the sexy answer is Duke Williams, right? I think everyone's going to say Duke Williams is a predictable answer here. So I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to make my pick sexy here. I think the free agent we should make walk. Even though last week I called him like the CFL's Frank Gore because his agent does not matter, maybe William Powell. Um, Do you think there'll be a market for Powell? Because the guy they should keep. I don't know. See, that's the thing. Maybe there might not be market for him, but, I mean, he has been one of the best CFO running backs for the past, what, half decade, if not more. But I kind of want him to walk because I think Keenan LaFrance, I think I think he could just get a, a bigger shot in the backfield for the Riders. That'd be such a big thing to have a Canadian running back in the backfield, right? Yeah. Uh, the Riders just haven't had that in a while, and I think if William Powell were to maybe sign a one-year deal somewhere else, again, the market for him, though, I mean, he's 33, 34 years old now, you're right, but maybe give Keenan LaFrance more of a spotlight in the backfield and see what he can do. I think he's just been underrated for years now, but just hasn't gotten a shot anywhere. Yeah, he, I mean, he had that one playoff game in Ottawa, right, where he absolutely blew the doors off and then didn't follow it up the following week, ended up getting a nice deal from the Riders here, then went to the Bombers, back to the Riders, now just an indispensable member of their special teams right now. Y you know me, I, I want Canadians at running back in, in every, every team in the league, mostly because you don't lose virtually anything when you go Canadian at running back, just the nature of the running back position. We talked about this uh, a few months back in the last five years, Americans at running back averaged 5.5 yards per carry. Canadians were like 5.3 yards. The difference is, is so negligible. And then the ripple effects of, man, if a guy like Keenan LaFrance was a star tailback, Oh my God. Think of, Think of the, the legend that Andrew Harris became in Winnipeg just with these last five years. He was good in BC, mm -hmm. but he's become a no-doubt first-ballot Hall of Famer, all-time great. And, oh, just by coincidence, the two Canadians behind him on the depth chart are really, really good as well for reasons that we don't necessarily need to get into my theories on the run game here. But we just need more Canadians in the run game. So I, I wonder, Powell is a guy who... A little over four yards per carry last season was one of the lowest numbers in the league. But to me, just watching him go, that was that it was not his problem. Like that was not his doing. So I think you as you mentioned, thirty-three, that may that could scare a team off, but it just it shouldn't. The way he played and the big catches he would make out of the backfield and the kind of guy he is. It shouldn't scare teams off, but I I, I wonder if it will because maybe they believe they have a Jamal Morrow type who can slide in there behind him. 
And the only reason I'm saying that William Powell should test the market is because I want to see Keenan LaFrance back there. I just think having a Canadian running back is such a weapon. Like, you look at Winnipeg's blueprints, and it all started when they got Andrew Harris in the backfield, right? And it's like, okay, we, can, we have a Canadian where we usually don't have a Canadian now. And you can kind of become a mad scientist at that point if you're an offensive coordinator. It's just it's such a huge advantage. Yeah. On the defensive on side the defensive of things, side. like... Uh, are there too many guys out there where we're like, okay, like Ed Gady, I want him back mainly because I think that the CFL, they need guys to keep coming back. They need guys to be staying with the same team for eight or nine years, right? Yeah. So I want Ed Gady to retire a rider, but I can maybe see how the front office is maybe like, all right, yeah, sure, you're a great guy in the community, you're a legend here, but does he become a victim of the numbers or no? I, I would hope not. I mean, the, his... His on-field numbers, the, the boundary side struggled for the Riders last season. The, the whole pass defense did, right, as far as yards given up. The turnovers they created were fantastic. And, man, uh, Ganey, just that the playoff game, right, in Winnipeg, Dembski bobbles the ball mm-hmm. up in the air. Who is the guy who was in the, right, the exact right position to get that ball through that lucky bounce? Ed Ganey. The guy had three, what, the three consecutive interceptions in the playoffs, two of Bo Levi Mitchell and one of Caleros, like that to me, his, his playoff just, just determined for me, he he's got to be back. I, I, yeah, I, I think, I think you got to, I think you cast a nice net as to players who need to be re-signed. Number one. I mean, I won't spend too much time on it. Duke Williams. The, the riders need to resign Duke Williams. He's got to come back. He changes everything within the offense uh, he can it, just his presence and his ability to get open can compensate for problems in other spots. It, it's Duke Williams, the guy who I'm trying to think of the guy who should test the market because what we're what we're getting on on the old Twitter box at DT on SC is a lot of Duke, but the guy who should test the market is Jordan Williams Lambert, and I think well, I don't know that Jordan Williams Lambert is in the Riders' plans, and I'm curious to know if there would be much uptake for for Jay Will on the open market. I don't think there would be. I think there's definitely teams out there that would sign him. I mean, that's still a pretty big name. Was he not like the rookie of the year a couple of years ago? Like This guy can play. He's he's just had a couple of off years. And, again, it just seems like when you have a successful year, you go to the NFL and it doesn't work out. It seems coming back for receivers is a tough thing to do. They just need a year to get used to the CFL game again. Jordan Williams-Lambert, I don't see him back with the Riders either, especially with just – I mean, they're front five there. You're not going to keep Jordan Williams-Lambert as a, as a depth sixth or seventh receiver. If, you, if you're no, going to sign him, he's going to be playing in your lineup, right? So I think he's a guy that should probably be testing it. I don't think any of our O-linemen, we don't want them testing the market, right? Like, we want all of them back, right? Uh, well, the interior three are back. I'm curious to see what they do with Brett Boyko. Uh, as far as depth, guys, I'm, I, I'd love to take a, a longer look at Andrew Lauderdale. I, I would want a veteran in there at the tackle opposite Taron Vaughn, like a guy with some true CFL experience in there. But, uh, I mean, they have their interior three back in Clark with Furland and Evan Johnson, so that's a real good start. And then today, adding in Taron Vaughn, that, you know, four of what mm-hmm. you hope to be your starting five already under contract with a month to go till free agency. I have to think they feel pretty good about, uh, about the front that they will put out there. The text line is 306-936-6262. Give me the guy the Riders must re-sign and a guy you would think might actually do pretty well if he hit the open market. Not a guy you want the Riders to cut and just get rid of, but a guy who you think 
might actually be able to do pretty well on the open market. I'll give you mine on that front uh, a little later, and Suits and I will take this to every team in the Canadian Football League coming up at 5.30. It is 4.29. Rachel Dory at 5.05 on the cage. Time for one big number. One big number for this day is 16. Last time he played, Taron Vaughn, it was 2019 season, made 16 starts at tackle for the Riders, 15 on the left side and one on the right side as they were kind of feeling things out early in 2019. Vaughn is back for another season in green, having re-signed. Missed every game this past year with a shoulder injury, but the Riders still have high hopes for their starting left tackle. One big number brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Here are the 23 athletes that will represent our country at the 2022 Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. Emily Clark, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Emily Clark, Saskatoon's finest, going to her second consecutive Olympics. The world, pardon me, world champion, Clayton, I should say, world champion Emily Clark of Saskatoon going to her second consecutive Olympics. They announced the 23-woman team today. They'll start February 2nd in China. Uh, Not unexpected, yet still needs to be celebrated. Oh, absolutely. Emily Clark is climbing up the famous Saskatonian list, and it's a big list, DT. I'm not going to brag about it because, you know, the whole Regina versus Saskatoon thing, but uh, I got a funny story about Emily Clark. I actually played on Emily's brother's hockey team growing up, like, my whole life. Every second year, I was on Brian Clark's team. Uh, That's Emily's brother. And you know how every year, like the end of the year, they always have, like, the family skate, right? The moms, the dads, the siblings, they can come down. Emily, I think at the time, was like six, maybe seven. But she goes to the year-end skate. We do drills. We have a scrimmage, whatever. Emily is seven, and she's playing against, like, it's peewee. Like, we're 12, 13 years old. She had five goals. And, like, we played a legit game. No way. And she is going, she's going bar down on me as a seven-year-old girl. And we're all like, literally, when she's seven years old, Gemini rink, we all called it. The peewee Saskatoon Flyers were like, she's going to the Olympics. Or like that that is a future Haley Wickenheiser right there. We called it, DT. That's we called it. Uh, like 20 years later, she's in the Olympics, and she's just lighting it up. Not only in the Olympics, but she's one of their best players. Like, she's yeah. oh, she's such a good winger. God, so a, a, pl- a player five years younger than you was just dancing around the whole crew there. That's awesome. She could have been, she could have been our affiliate that year and, like, fit in. She was unreal. She was a legendary here in Saskatoon. Like, yeah. I, I just remember her, and everyone was like, oh, whose little brother is that? No, it, it's Emily Clark, little sister. Get it right. And it yeah. was just, it was one of those awesome moments, right? I was just, all of us said, yep, that's, that's a future Olympian right there. Yeah. And we didn't know. We were just kind of joking, right? And no, we called it. Mainstay on the Canadian national team now. Uh, world champion back in August. Of course, silver medal already. Canada. I mean, coming off a world championship gold, got to be favorites for the gold medal. Uh, they'll, they'll open up on February 2nd. And the Olympics are going through hell or high water, so we'll get a chance. And, and honestly, I, women's hockey is going to be the hockey to watch, right? There's, I can't think of a compelling reason mm-hmm. to watch it on the men's side. So let's, 
let's let's get Canada, the U.S., and whoever thinks they can challenge those two, and let's go. That's going to be some of the best watching in the Olympics this year. I I disagree, DT. I love watching the scrubs play at the Olympic level. Like last Olympics when we had like Ben Scrivens in net, man. I love that. I loved watching Scrivensies in net. It was like, whoa! All right, come on, Ben. <laughs> Our whole Olympic dreams are on Ben Scrivens. I kind of liked it. It was like, oh yeah, remember that guy he played for the Vancouver Giants back in the day? It was like, <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of like, uh, I love that because I love the the underdog Cinderella story type players. I just loved seeing all the guys. Like I think Greg DeVries was on the team or something like that. Oh my like, gosh, oh, yeah, that guy. That's so amazing. I kind of like watching that hockey where it's like, guys, you know, it's not like the the superstar millionaires playing. It's right. just the people playing for their country, and that's it, right? Especially in these times, you know they really want to play for their country. So I kind of like the fact that it's a bunch of unknown, unknown no-names going out there playing. All right, let's put this to the test, how much you like the uh, unknown no-names. The game starts at 1 a.m., Canada versus the U.S. on the men's side. Are you waking up early to see that? Oh, absolutely! I'm waking up. I'm getting a, I'm getting a six pack. Of, I'm getting I, a six pack of brew house or lucky lager or something, and I'm 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 cheering on Canada. Mosh, uh, you hold the lie detector for this one. Was on scale of one to five, how big a fib was that? <laughs> uh, one. Okay. Oh, not a. He's saying not a fib at oh, wait, all. Wait, wait, no, that's oh, a fi- sorry, that's a fib. Th- that's a, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that is a fib. But uh, Saskatoon's finest, Emily Clark. Off to the Olympics, and this was very cool as well, Clayton, and I just want to call attention to it. Uh, the Saskatoon Blades, not this Friday, but next Friday, are doing a girls' rock a girls' rock night where they'll have Emma Ray Dale, of course, played with the Saskatoon Hilltops, Canada defenseman Bridget Laquette, and a Paralympic medalist Keely Shaw all there for girls' rock night, and I love the thought of this. It's actually a super awesome thing that the Blades do. They've been doing it for the past, I think, like seven or eight seasons now. Uh, everything is girls. So the PA announcer at the Blades game, uh, Jeff Hayes, he gets the night off. They get, uh, they get a different girl every period to do it. I'm the instant announcer. I get the day off. I get to sit in the stands and drink beers and watch the game. It's great. So they do all these great things. They bring in some great, amazing females as well. It's, uh, it's just this amazing thing the Blades have been trying to do for uh, for almost the past decade now they've been doing so much good things here in the uh, in yeah. the Saskatoon community just hats off to the blades and the pats too every single WHL team they're just they're so engaged in the neighborhood and the community it's it's great to see yeah fantastic stuff so that's Friday January 21st girls rock night for the Saskatoon blades Emma Ray Dale Bridget Laquette uh, Paralympic medalist Keely Shaw they'll do something an hour in advance of the game it's a fantastic night and props to the blades for uh, making that a reality. Uh, let's get back to the Canadian Football League. Travis is on the text line. Says, give Duke everything. Let Shaq walk. Duke is a better receiver. I would have a tough time arguing with that. I don't want them to give up on Shaq Evans, though, because we've seen what that can be. TC in Medicine Hat says, Brett Boyko should test the market, see what's out there. Obviously, Duke, but I'm a huge Luches Purifoy guy, integral to our defense with his versatility uh getting a lot of duke williams and i feel like jeremy o'day well knows whether i jeremy i know you're listening jeremy listens to the show religiously i know streams it on the uh, treadmill jeremy you know duke number 14 
back. Around the league, the Lions re-signing defensive back T.J. Lee. He gets a one-year contract. Farhan Longi saying worth up to $140,000. The Elks extending safety Jordan Hoover on a one-year deal. And Bombers guard Drew Desjardins and Ticats fullback Nikola Kalinic both worked out for the Seattle Seahawks today. Uh, for Desjardins of the Bombers, that is his fifth NFL workout. So I look at that and go, there is... There is no chance he's back in the CFL this year. If, if five teams want to take a look at you, if you're, you and your agent have cultivated that much interest from the States, uh, I can't imagine he's back in the Canadian Football League this year, which, I mean, I will, I will never uh, argue with a guy getting his shot in the National Football League, Clayton. Again, that's the bittersweet thing. You see these guys grind it out in the CFL, and you know they want to go to the NFL, right? And they want to make more money. You can't really get mad at these guys, but at the same time, it's like a, ah, it's like a, ah, good for them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're happy for them, but you're not. It's like when Kirby Doc made the Chicago Blackhawks. All the Saskatoon Blades fans here were like, ah, oh, yeah. ah, good for Kirby. I, <laughs> you just get... Like that, you guys are gonna do that when Connor Bedard makes the NHL at eighteen. You're gonna be like, Gah! yeah, happy for him. Oh, if he plays, <laughs> that's what if, happens when your favorite CFLer makes the NFL. If he plays six minutes with the Pats after his draft year, there's no, I'd be stunned. Like I've just been mentally mm. prepping for that for all of time. Like we'll see what I do with my season tickets after after his draft year. We'll see what that's about. But yeah, you you have to be ready. The Kirby Doc one caught me off guard though. Like I, I have to say, I, it, you know, Doc, he was fantastic. I really didn't know he'd be the Chicago Blackhawks. Will will keep him right off the bat, though. And, and the Blades had real hopes. Uh, was that nineteen? They had real hopes that year. Or t- yeah, yeah we did. DT, thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, we did have some high hopes that year. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, thanks for rubbing it in. Yeah, <laughs> we did have a pretty stacked roster that year with Kirby in there. Yeah, you, you kind of shattered the whole season. No, no. Again, thanks for bringing it up. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Saskatooners are so happened. sensitive. Oh my God! Look what happened. Look what happened to Kirby. Look at the look at the consequences. Gets walked by Kale McCarr, and he's on that highlight tape for like two straight weeks. So thanks a lot, Stan Bowman. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Ruin, ruined everything. Hey, props to Kirby Doc. And here here's the thing I've I've kind of come to with the Canadian Football League. What guy has left and made the league significantly worse? And t- come up with a name and. And tell me if he made the league significantly worse by leaving for the NFL. Like Doug Flutie, maybe. Doug Flutie. Oh, yeah. look at us go. But if there was no delay, we said that at the exact same time, by the way. But there's like a second delay between us. So. Yeah, but since then, right, like Darrell Walker was just a monster for the for the Elks that year. Goes to the NFL. And honestly, the guy right behind him, here's Bryant Mitchell. Here's Duke Williams into a bigger role. I just feel like... Yes, guys, guys can leave for the NFL, but the guys who replace them, we we fall in love with them just as hard, honestly, because there are a lot of really talented bodies. When you get down to Canadians, the market's a little smaller because, you know, population concerns, so that Braden Lennius is gone, who's the guy who's going to fill his spot? I don't 100% believe there's a guy currently on the roster that that is a like-for-like like with him, but the CFL... And these teams just have a way of regenerating to the point where, like, literally Doug Flutie in 2000? Like, that was 20 years ago. And that's the one that we can come up with. Maybe Cam Wake. 
But I think that the BC Lions had a stud D end come in after Cam Wake. Oh, right Brent away Johnson as well. like, became a superstar. Yeah, exactly. So huh. it's just like, well, okay, right? So, and I think the CFL should take advantage of that too. Like, okay, sure, we lost a superstar, but more often than not, the guy who's coming in is this unknown Cinderella story. And those are the things that go so well on Sports Center, right? Where you got like Matthew Shinetti's voice in the background. It's black and white at the start. The oh, he started from nothing. Now he's here, right? Those are the things the CFL. NFL needs more of they need to highlight their players more to get people you know oh i love this guy i want this guy to be a part of my team that's what they need to do market these players and market their stories because more often than not they have some interesting ones yeah absolutely and there are i mean as many stars as there are in the sky there are stories in the in the world of football right so when you, i mean and, and there's no better example of that than oh by the way look at all the guys the riders were able to prove our good football players last season they didn't really want to hey here's 17 other guys because of six game injured players here's 17 other dudes but all of a sudden you go oh well hey that guy can play oh that blaze brown okay well he's pretty good oh webb okay damon webb can do some stuff okay oh man look at Corey vedvik nuke the ball off his foot all right there's there's there are more options so i that's why i never get too tied up in Guys going to the NFL, I just feel happy for him and go, hey, I, I hope if you come back, Braden Lenius, Dakota Shepley, I hope you remember your time in green really well, and I hope you you think they treated you really well. And if you if you do have to come back from the NFL, I hope it ends up being here because you guys were super productive and, and great players for the Riders. So I hope you think well, but uh, part of me hopes that you make a 10-year career in the National Football League and, and it, you know at the top level of your profession – and in the end, you go, oh, you know what? Uh, Dakota Shapley became Evan Johnson. And were the Riders any worse off? Maybe not. Not really. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Also, when so, those guys make it in the NFL, it's they're like a champion for the CFL. Cameron oh. Wake's CFL cleat story. How he still wears them in the showers after every practice, right? <laughs> like, I love those stories. They become the champion for the CFL. They're like, man, the CFL isn't a joke, guys. The CFL is a good league, and I wouldn't be here without it. Oh. That's why I love it when these guys make the NFL. And every guy, I mean, Braden Lenius will run across guys in Atlanta Falcons minicamp, and they'll get to talking because Braden's a good guy and he likes to talk. And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, no, I was in Saskatchewan." And and that you know, three of those guys will get cut, and they'll be on someone's neg list. And uh, Jeremy O'Day will phone them, "Hey, would you like to come to Saskatchewan?" He goes, "Oh, I remember Saskatchewan from talking to that guy in Falcons camp." Sure, let's see what's happening. Boom! It's just a self fulfilling prophecy it just it just keeps feeding itself so i deliriously happy for Braden lenius uh, all these guys are going to go drew desjardins when he does get to go uh, when he does eventually pick a team that'll be great for him it'll be great for the canadian football league also from the moves today uh needs to be uh said this is a guy that uh, that we share clayton because he's part regina part saskatoon pat newfeld uh re-signing with the winnipeg blue bombers don't love it it's the bombers but love that Pat Newfeld uh, one got an All Star nod this year and two is back for more. One of my favorites. He blocked for my brother back in the day when they were uh, U of S Huskies. Uh, another funny story about him. My parents are big Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans. I've said that on the Ooh. show before. I yeah. know. I know. Yeah. I know. But uh, we were going to uh, Winnipeg. I was going to go to a game with them because they live in Manitoba. And on Twitter, I posted I'm in Yorkton. Patty Newfeld follows me on Twitter, sends me a message. Oh, why are you in Yorkton? You going to Winnipeg for the game? Gives me field <laughs> access passes. 
to the game. And he's like, yeah, here you go, man. I'll hit you up afterwards. Nicest guy in the world. Just yep. sees that I'm going like kind of on the way to Winnipeg. Yeah, come on, man. Come on down. That's just what Saskatchewan people do, though. Hey, they look out for each other. I'm real happy for Patty Newfeld. Come home, though, man. Come home. Yeah, it's it's something we will never see. He he was talking today. He had an availability today. He and his family are are, are away, so we'll hope to have him on the cage. Uh, I guess next week. Uh, he had a little media availability today. He said, "I want to retire a Blue Bomber." My stomach turned a little bit, as as you might expect. But he said, "I want to retire a Blue Bomber," and you go, "All right, you found peace." And honestly, uh, the back-to-back Grey Cup champions, I probably wouldn't want to leave them either. Just got a little bile. Is this what it felt like having COVID much? I got a little bile in my throat when I said back-to-back Grey Cup champions, and now I feel like I can't breathe. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, ladies and gentlemen. 2021, Grey Cup champions. So help me if they win in Regina. Oh, my God. Happy thoughts. Let's stop Uh, talking about this. Jeez. I went Holy. down. Oh, I went down a dark hole there. Let's move on to commercial break. Four forty-seven. This segment of the show for our friends at Nick Service in Emerald Park. They're your local Massey Ferguson Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call seven eight one ten seventy-seven. Next, uh, we need to take a, a brief sojourn and talk about the guy I want to be when I grow up. I saw him yesterday. I'll tell you his story next. Sports ticker at 448. The Riders re-signing tackle Taron Vaughn. Vaughn missed all of 2021 after injuring a shoulder in training camp. Made 16 starts for the Riders in 2019. Regina's finest Pat Newfeld re-signed with the Bobbers today. 33-year-old entering his eighth season in Winnipeg. Says he wants to play the rest of his career with the Bombers and the Lions re-signing defensive back TJ Lee on a one-year deal. Elks get safety Jordan Hoover back on a one-year deal as well. And just breaking, the New York Giants fired head coach Joe Judge, proving ah, if you're terrible at your job, eventually you are going to get fired. So congratulations to the Giants for freeing themselves from that particular brand of uh, albatross my goodness sports ticker brought to you by bronco plumbing and heating where professional service is guaranteed they'll treat you right 781 2090 giants dragged that out an extra day clayton for reasons i cannot comprehend yesterday everybody got fired except joe judge and then the next day maybe they wanted to make a special case out of him i don't know but jeepers attention hogs that's what they are (laughs) attention hogs they wanted their own day on Twitter. Uh, oh, everyone's firing their coaches. Today. No, no, Joe, you're fine. Joe, yeah. you, we got you. Don't worry about it, Joe. Put your kids in school. Uh, yeah, you're done. Man, and and honestly, they could just very easily, I mean, they could quickly replace him with one of the guys who got fired yesterday. Like, if if all of a sudden Brian Flores figures, hey, I want to come to New York, boom, done. And we go, why did Miami fire Brian Flores, who was really not bad? with them maybe maybe the quarterback hated him a little bit but brian flores is a guy who's going to find a job it wouldn't surprise me if it's the giants i think chicago i think brian flores oh and yeah fields would be a great fit together i think that they could just create some magic together and flores is a defensive guy chicago bears defensive team when you think of them i don't know i think he goes to chicago uh miami chicago the giants denver jacksonville there's one more coach who oh minnesota uh what's what's the best job mm-hmm. of those because chicago might well jacksonville has trevor lawrence but nobody else chicago has justin fields in the first round last year chicago might be the best of those jobs honestly 
Miami sneaky good. Yeah, don't true. sleep on Miami. Miami doesn't have like any like huge superstars, but they're also not like terrible at any certain position group, right? I mean, yeah, Tua very inconsistent, but that maybe division. if the whole Deshaun Watson thing gets figured, I know, right? But yep. if Deshaun Watson, if that whole thing gets figured out and he goes to Miami. All of a sudden, they turn into like a legit contender, and you got Buffalo, them, and New England in that division. Uh, I don't know. Miami, I think, is a couple steps away from being a very good team if they get the right head coach. Yeah, and they have a draft to help fix up their offensive line problems. Uh, Miami, and plus it's Miami. Is there, there's no better city in North America to be rich in than Miami. So l- l- go and with state that. State tax. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's oh, sorry, state tax. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's. That's very good as well. Uh, the New York Gi- Denver, I mean, if they had a quarterback, might be ready to roll. Jacksonville needs another season. Uh, the Giants, as they just get rid of Joe Judge today, and maybe because not entirely because of Joe Judge, that might just be the worst job because I have no confidence that organization knows what the hell it's doing. You also have to deal with the New York media, too. Right. Like, that is not a fun job to deal with, being the head coach of the Giants or the Jets. That's like being the head coach of the Leafs or the Montreal Canadiens, like, every day. Like, you're probably answering how many questions a day if you're the head coach of the New York Giants. How many questions do you think you're answering a day? 50? Uh, too many. Too many. Hey, uh... I think 50's low. I was going to say, like, 100. <laughs> Like of just just from all over the place, like I don't know. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want a New York football job. There's just way too much pressure for that. Well, and every day you'd be answering questions about your quarterback. Hey, so uh, what do you think of Daniel Jones today? Uh, Jones threw two interceptions three days ago, uh, but uh, we only asked you about it twice. So what do you think about Daniel Jones today? Are you going to take Daniel Jones out and shoot him? What do you think? Do you think he should break his thumb so he can't play anymore? Like, come on, it would just be. It would just be interminable. Be interminable being the coach. I would say, what about Jacksonville's job wouldn't be, yeah, Jacksonville's job wouldn't be terrible because you got Trevor Lawrence, you got a number one overall pick again. So, you know, you got some pieces there as well. They don't, they have no offensive weapons though. Like they need a receiver. They need a running back. That one they got from Clemson in the draft isn't that good. Uh, They got some defensive guys who can make some noise, but no, like they got some pieces there too. I think the Jacksonville job for the right coach would be a, would be an appealing job. Yeah. Travis Etienne, the first round running back, another in the line of stop taking running backs in the first round, everybody, because the New York giants did second overall and Saquon Barkley might be a super duper athlete, but the giants were terrible again. Just, uh, just because Uh, Four fifty three. I saw yesterday, Clayton, the guy I want to be when I grow up. Can I tell you this story? Go on. So I'm intrigued. I, I, I my car, my rest in peace, 2006 Hyundai Elantra decided it was it was time to go, so I had to put it down. Uh, so I want, and I was finishing up yesterday buying a a new car. Going in there, this is the final day. It's ready to go. Boom, here you go. Sign the papers. Uh, give us your firstborn, and, and and let's go. You can have this car. Uh, while I was in there, uh, the sales guy I was talking to had another customer in. And he's like, oh, yeah, can you give me five minutes? I'm just dealing with another guy. I'm like, sure, I got, I got time. That's no problem. Uh, he's talking to him. They're exchanging words. This guy is mid-50s, maybe. Could be early 60s and looks, looks good for it. Uh, well put together. You're like, oh, okay, this is uh, okay. That's a normal dude. 
and they do their thing. I eventually get my car. I get run through this office and that office, and and boom, I have I have my uh, new car. Salesman pulls me aside afterward and goes, "Hey, I'm sorry that uh, that that took a while. I had to deal with the other guy, but this guy just came in off the street and said, "Hey, I saw this vehicle and it looks nice. Do you have one?" And salesman Grant is like, "Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You mean like that one right there?" He's like, "Yeah, but in different color." He's like, "Well, I got this one." It's like, "Okay, do you want to test drive it?" "Nope, I'll just take it." $70,000 vehicle. I'll just take it. Guy walked in off the street, said, I want a $70,000 vehicle. Here you go. And then left in like an hour. I want to be that man because he just went and dropped 70 grand and didn't blink. You know how good you have to be at whatever you do to just drop 70 grand and not blink? I want to be that. How pumped are you if you're the salesperson as well? You're probably having a tough couple weeks. You're like, oh, man, I'm just, I can't get anything going. This guy, yeah. your, your lord and savior basically, walks through the door. I got you, buddy. No worries. $70,000 sale. Like, can, I wonder what that guy does. And usually, like, the people who do that, the more boring the job, right? Like yeah. that, that, he probably has the most boring job in the world. It's probably nothing like oh, I'm a helicopter salesman. It's probably nothing like that. It's yeah. probably something like yeah, I just uh, I trade mutual funds or something like that. I don't know. It's probably something nerdy. I've worked at Sask Energy for, time, for could, forty years a, and I'm good to go. Like <laughs> it could. It, I mean, and those, my version, my version ahead. of that, DT, my version of that is premium gas guy. The people who get premium gas. Oh yeah. I strive to be like you one day. Oh, if I if I could be premium gas successful, that's when I know I've made it. Yeah, and uh, to this guy, there was nothing flashy about him. There was nothing ostentatious about him. There was there was nothing that would you know if you were just walking through the Cornwall Center here and you saw him, you'd be like, oh yeah, there's a guy. You wouldn't even think twice about it. But you just go, man, people with money walk among us, and man, you think of all the things that. That that guy and I assume his wife and family have done right along the way to the point where you just go, eh, I'm just gonna peel off seventy grand. I assume he had it wired from his bank, but I'm just gonna phone my bank and have them wire you seventy grand, and I'm gonna I'm gonna drive home. I, I thought this is this is great. This is this is that's the thing we strive for, right? Mosh is like, hey, uh, I some people might call it fu money, but I'm just you know what? I just have enough that if I want something, I'm going to go buy it. For me, it's you know nineteen dollars at at Walmart. But for this man, it was a seventy thousand dollar vehicle, and bless his heart, he did it. And I, man, what's he doing in Regina? I honestly, yeah, read the book, read the book, The Wealthy Barber, and go. It's a Canadian classic, the best selling Canadian book of all time, The Wealthy Barber. And you go, eh, people, these people are among us, and there are. In professions you wouldn't expect, teachers uh, make up, I think, the highest percentage of millionaires in, in America just because they don't make a ton of money. They take a lot of crap, but they save and they invest. And they make it happen. So if this guy was a teacher, I, I, want, I don't want to teach, but I want to be like, I could not deal with kids. 30 of them all packed into a schoolhouse. Bless his heart. He got the vehicle he wanted and he can drive away going, I earned every bit of this. Or as my wife said, he may be mobbed up, and who knows? <laughs> who knows? In which case, I don't want to be like it. But that was uh, that was a little bit of fun there on the old whatever yesterday was Monday morning. Monday morning, uh, we have plenty more fun coming in this show. Rachel Dory joins us at five oh five. We'll talk some NHL with her. Jump into the Evander Kane story because 
Uh, Ken Holland, the Oilers GM, asked about Evander Kane today. He said, uh, we're looking. We're doing our due diligence. Uh, you got to consider everything. Glenn Suter at 5.30 talks CFL. Arash Madani at 6.05. The news is next on 6.20 CKRM. house hockey topics piling up still want your texts and tweets give me the guy the riders have to sign in your mind and a guy who you think would be better off if he tested the free agent market on twitter at arctic frontier says sign luches purifoy let jordan williams lambert test the market and uh, jeff says duke williams and i wish nick marshall would have tested free agency uh, a lot of blown coverages for uh, nick marshall in jeff's mind keep hitting us up on the text line, love having you with us on the show. Talk a little hockey. Rachel Dory back with us after a week away. And, oh, I'm super excited, Rachel, to talk about some Evander Kane. Uh, although I don't know if this one's for COVID-related things, but we can keep the COVID parts to the side. How are you, sister? I am doing well. I've, I've missed you. We, we usually have weekly chats, and I, I guess we haven't talked in almost a month, so I'm happy to be back. We, we didn't even talk about the big signing for TFC, which no one listening oh. will care, but, man, uh, we'll, we'll get into that one uh, after uh, the show. Uh, Evander Kane served a 21-game suspension for faking his vaccination status and then got released by the Sharks' AHL affiliate this week for and they mentioned covid protocols broadly is evander kane worth taking a shot at for one of the other 31 nhl teams man like i look at a dt and i'm of the mindset that you can give someone a second chance but they have to earn it but we're talking about like a fifth chance in the last six months how many chances do you want to give a guy and it's just to me, I look at it and I go, is he immensely talented? Absolutely. I mean, last season he had 49 points in 56 games. And so, like, he's a good hockey player. There's there's no doubting that. When he's playing, he's a top six forward. But the problem that you have is that being in the locker room and locker room chemistry when it comes to being a successful hockey team is, is a big thing. And I'm not quite sure that somebody who fakes a vaccination card and has been credibly accused of domestic abuse necessarily fits the whole good guy in the locker room card. So for me, I look at it and I go, you'd have to really have a strong leadership core or you'd have to be really desperate for some talent uh, to give this guy a shot because, man, it just seems like he's headache after headache. If you want to set the bar at arbitrary number of 20 goals, he's had seven consecutive 20-goal season split between Buffalo and San Jose uh, really took to the taking of penalties in the last in the previous couple of seasons but he is uh, is he 30 yet he's August 91 so he'll he's just he's just 30 years old like someone is going to I mean I, I was talking about this in a different perspective yesterday but tell me if this exists in hockey Coaches and GMs think they can fix just about anybody who's talented. Does that exist in hockey like it would, say, in football? I'll give you the, the, the perfect example. Evander Kane is getting 97 <laughs> chances. So does Tony D'Angelo. But Josh Hosang was late for two meetings and can barely crack an NHL roster. 
So you tell me yeah. who does and does not get second chances based on talent level. Yeah, the arbitrariness of it. So uh, as we talk about Evander Kane, uh, Ken Holland had an availability, the Oilers GM today, and literally it seemed like the first thing out of the mouth was, hey, are you talking to Evander Kane? Uh, Holland says he has talked to Kane's agent. Holland quoted saying, as the manager, it's my responsibility to investigate every situation. Evander Kane on the Oilers. Rachel, go. Um, I think it's going to happen. Oh, okay. Uh, it's obviously going to have to be for a lot less money than he was previously making. That's just not going to happen. One, the Oilers don't have the cap space. And two, I, I'm not shelling out that kind of coin for a guy who can't stay in the lineup for various reasons. But you look at Edmonton's clear weakness, and apart from the goaltending, which, my goodness, it's bad, it's the wingers, and we just covered that Evander Kane is an immensely talented winger, mm-hmm. and he's got speed. He can think the game. He can recover loose pucks, and what have Oilers fans been screaming for? A winger for McDavid who's big, that can skate, that is talented, and that can put up some points. That's exactly what Evander Kane is when he is in the lineup. Yeah. Right, and I think the other thing the other thing you got to look at too is Evander Kane doesn't get pushed around, and that's something where we've seen it and we've talked about it on the show that players take liberties with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and I think with a player like Evander Kane who's got some of that pissed off attitude, if that's what you want to call it, you're a lot less likely to take those liberties if you've got big Evander Kane on the ice with McDavid threatening to punch your face in. Well, and to have that in a guy who can score 20 goals, who I mean, who knows what he would score in 82 games alongside McDavid, but a guy who can be an offensive force and a physical force for a team that's, I mean, whether the fact they're almost capped out uh, weighs into that, that would seem, I mean, on the surface, taking the whole personality thing out of it, that would seem to be an ideal addition to the the Oilers. And I, I assume that's why people are talking about it. Yeah, I look at it and I go, he is Tom Wilson. I wouldn't say light. He's just a different version of Tom Wilson in that he's big, can punch your face in, but he can also, he's an effective hockey player. Yeah. Right? He could, like, he deserves to be in the top six. And that is exactly a piece that the Oilers have been missing. And so I think if you just look at it from purely a hockey standpoint, Evander Kane fits the mold in Edmonton almost perfectly. But there has been a lot. I mean, we had the Duncan Keith situation earlier this year. Um, we've had COVID issues. We've had the team falling apart after starting really hot. And it, it kind of seems like the team is a little bit fragile right now. Uh, and that's the only thing I really would have a concern about is do you want to be bringing Evander Kane into a dressing room that seems to be a little bit fragile? That's certainly a conversation that would have to be had with number 97. Um, I think for sure. And then you, you kind of take it from there. But I will say, if you're bringing in a Vander Kane, one, it cannot be more than $2 million, um, like full stop. It just can't. And two, that signals that you're going for it, and therefore you need to go out and get a goalie like Marc-Andre Fleury. You can't go into the playoffs with that kind of goaltending. 
So one, you're not giving them seven and forty nine again. You feel like that's that those days are done. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. God. Definitely will not be doing that. Two, between Holland and, I mean, a lot of the questions of Ken Holland as we talked to Rachel Dory of the Staff of Graph podcast, a lot of the questions about Holland were, hey, you've never fired a coach in midseason. Would you fire a coach? How do you feel about firing your coach? Which, when you've lost 11 of your last 13, those questions are going to come. Between Holland, between Tippett, uh, down through Connor McDavid and the locker room, is, is there enough of, you mentioned you want a stable organization. Does that exist enough currently in Edmonton looking forward to, to handle it in Evander King? I think Ken Holland is kind of the picture of stability when you look at it with how long he was in Detroit and, and patient he was there. I just, I'm not really sure that this is the time to be particularly patient. Uh, when he got to Edmonton, McDavid was pretty clear in his meeting with him that he was going to give him two years to kind of get the ship righted or he was going to have some serious questions and we are now at the two-year mark and I look at it and I go when you have McDavid and Dreisaitl in their prime it is <laughs> unacceptable to not go for it in every season you look at what Pittsburgh did with Malkin and Crosby any prospect that could have been shipped out any pick that could have been shipped out so that they could make the team better for Crosby and Malkin to take advantage of their primes that's what they did and it is frankly shocking that Edmonton isn't taking that like to me there is no prospect that should be off the table for a, for help oh. now that could help your lineup. And that's where I think is stability important, yes, but at the same time you need to be able to pull the trigger when you have two players that are that immensely talented. You cannot afford to just say, well, I don't think this is the year. No, every year is the year. And so I look at it and I go, is Dave Tippett the coach to get it done? I think about it and I say, if you are going to fire a coach, you had better have somebody better lined up. Yeah. And to me, if they're going to fire Dave Tippett, the guy they need to hire is Claude Julien. Oh, because the, the rest of us have gone to, well, Mike Babcock, natural for no. reasons A, <laughs> no. B, and C. Da why, uh, why, ba why Julien? Pardon me. Why Claude Julien? Uh, if you look at what Julien has done, uh, he's got a history of being really good with young players, um, but not just getting the, the most out of young players. Look at what he did for somebody like Brad Marchand, right? Brad Marchand was not a superstar before Claude Julien kind of came aboard. Yeah. And then you look, and he turned him into somebody who was excellent on both sides of the puck. He turned him into someone who was a penalty killer and a winner. And Claude Julien just has this habit of being able to elevate the bottom end of his lineup to kind of be at a better level and then getting the most out of the top end of his lineup. And if you can have a coach that can get the most out of the top end of the lineup that involves McDavid and Dreisaitl, I, I mean... I think you've got to at least take a look at it. When you look at Julian's track record, I mean, always in the hunt for Team Canada coaching job with Boston, he was incredibly successful. Yeah. He was successful with Montreal, and that was a tire fire of a roster, uh, to put it politely. Um, and there was still success there. And so I think that he is someone that maybe has been unemployed for a little bit too long and, has experience with really high caliber players. And so that's somebody that I would 
that would be the option for me. It would be the choice. If, if you were firing Tippett, I would be hiring Julian post-haste. Yeah, and, and I like your point about the, the, they just have to get off the schneid. It just, when you said that, it just brought back to me something Red said in the Shawshank Redemption. You got to get busy living or get busy dying. Like, either go for it or burn it all down. But just lingering in the middle is is not the place to be because, oh, great, our, our success is we got to the second round of the playoffs and we spoiled an absolute uh, a unique situation. To I mean, to your point, a, a Crosby-Malkin-type situation that Edmonton has going. Uh, Clayton Croker, jump on in with Rachel. We got a couple minutes here. Just one quick question, Rachel. Your impressions on Seattle so far? Because I expected more than 10, 20 and change. I, I was kind of a believer. But did you expect them to struggle right out of the gates, or did you expect them more to have like a Vegas kind of start? I expected them to be good. And I think what a lot of people are forgetting is that Seattle has actually played really well, but they have gotten historically bad goaltending. Philip Grubauer, you – you can't find me anybody, eye test or numbers, that could have predicted Grubauer going from a Vesna caliber goalie last year to the single worst goalie in the league this year by almost every metric. And he has undone their results single-handedly nearly for the majority of this season. I actually watching – I really enjoy watching Seattle play. I, I like how they play. I like how they move the puck. I like how they forecheck. They lack a little bit of scoring punch, but there's most certainly talent there. They've had some COVID issues, but to me, the biggest issue is is the goaltending. You cannot have a goalie putting up an 880 for any length of time and expect to be successful. So to me, I think that if they actually – I was talking to someone who had done some kind of looking into it. And if Seattle had gotten league average goaltending this season, they would be right in the thick of the playoff hunt, which is sort of exactly where I have them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's frustrating, too, because they got Dreger there as well. So, like, uh, at what point do they just kind of pull the plug on Groobs and go to Dreger? Yeah, like, I think, honestly, if you're Seattle, you kind of – you're not Vegas. Um, and so there's no reason to go for it. I think they're going to – to uh, trade Mark Giordano at the deadline. I think they're going to say, okay, we want another high pick. If I'm Seattle, I look at this upcoming draft and 2023 in particular with Bedard, Michkov, sort of those individuals, and I go, if there's a time to be bad, now is the time to be bad because there are some incredibly talented players coming, and you've already got Matthew Beneers, and he's going to be at the very minimum a high-end second-line center. And so if you can be poor and maybe end up with one of Connor Bedard or Madvey Mishkov or any number of the defensemen in the draft this year, whether it's Juracek or Nemec, I think that that's something that you need to explore. And so maybe you ship some guys out this year and you bring in um, – kind of like some draft capital and some some younger players because I look at it and I go Vegas has when they they almost had to be good when they came into the league because they were not the only thing in town all three of us know that there's a lot to do in Vegas you don't (laughs) have to go see a hockey game to be entertained in Las Vegas but in Seattle they have done an absolutely fantastic job at the grassroots level uh, within the indigenous community and really building up their fan base 
using the Jerry Bruckheimer marketing machine and all of the relationships that they built. So they don't necessarily have to be good right off the hop to gain interest because the interest is already there. So I think it would be in Seattle's best interest long term if they weren't very good the next couple of years. It's not bad. Get a get a sweet Regina Pat star on your roster with the number one overall pick in 2023. That would be all right. Rachel, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you being with us on a, uh, what day is today? Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right. Rachel Dory, Staff and Graph podcast. You listen to her there. She's with us every week on The Cage. You follow her on Twitter at Rachel Dory, and she's with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. More of your texts and tweets. Give me a player from the Riders that he must re-sign and one you think would do well if he went to free agency. It's a question we'll throw at Glenn Suter at 5.30 on the cage. Congratulations to Saskatoon's Emily Clark. She was chosen for Canada's Olympic women's hockey team. It'll be her second trip to the Olympics, having won silver in 2018. Winnipeg Jets placing former players into COVID protocols, including defenseman Nathan Beaulieu and Logan Stanley. They joined Nikolai Ehlers, who went in yesterday. And Major League Baseball and the players will bargain tomorrow. First time they've met since the league locked the players out on December the 2nd. 525 suits in a couple minutes with noted Saskatooner Clayton Croker on the line. What did you say earlier? Saskatonian? Is that what? That's the proper way of saying it. You're saying it the ridiculous way. Saskatooner? What's the name of your city? Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Oh, yeah, okay. I know. Oh, oh it's Saskatoon? Oh, okay. Yeah, but there are plenty of examples of ways that cities can do that. Because Saskatooner, like, first of all, when people say Stooner, never do that. At least they didn't say Stooner. Stooner's the worst. Because people think it's funny, but it's not. Like, oh, Stooner, brah. Oh, you're Stooner. It just sounds dumb. Uh, but, oh, Saskatoonian. That's the proper way. That's the proper way of doing things, man. Regina has Reginans. Yes. Uh, Calgary has Calgarians. I guess Edmonton has Edmontonians, so I guess you got a little something there. And then it would be weird if we we're just Saskatooner. Every, everyone else has the Ians, right? And now, oh, the, the Stooners out in Saskatoon. No. You, you have a tree down by the river that looks like a guy with a wiener. Like, what do you want from your town? Like, come on, just embrace it, brother. Nah, at least we can drink our tap water, bud. <laughs> yes. And uh, like here's you guys should just be Reg's. Oh uh, yeah, Reg. Like, like you instead of making it longer, you Ginans? guys should have done the all. You guys should have. Giants? <laughs> Can we be Giants? No. no, no, Reg's. I am a Reg. Like it's because it's always <laughs> oh the extend. God. You always extend it, right? You never abbreviate it. You guys should have. You know, you're the city that rhymes with fun. Experience yeah. Regina. You guys should have done the opposite way of things. Did you just been Reg's? Yeah, I'm a Reg. Did you mean to plant Neil Diamond in my in my head right there, when they said I am a Reg? I am no. a Reg. I felt yeah. like that. See, it writes itself. You're welcome, Regina Tourism. You just got a marketing campaign right there. Be a Reg. You got, you know, Neil Diamond, fly him down, boom. <laughs> I love it. We are making change here. We, you, were the, you were the originator of the Snurs chant, which has taken over Rider games now. Yeah, and, really, really taken over. I, All three people that do it. Hey, 
those three will become six, become 12, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm going to keep pounding on that thing because I think it's damn genius, and you know that. So we're going to keep pounding on that at every broadcast, and Luke is going to look at me crook-eyed every home broadcast. Like, no, it's not, DT. Come on. Like, no, I can hear snurs. Murray knows what I'm talking about. Snurs. It's awesome. It's taking over. Rider games everywhere. Uh, from the text line, uh, we have uh, folks who want – to say, hey, uh, Duke Williams is the obvious choice. The Riders must re-sign. Getting a lot of Jordan Williams-Lambert. Let Shaq Evans see the market. Do you want Shaq Evans to see the open market, Clayton? Because I am afraid of that possibility, honestly. I, I, I'm not that afraid knowing that, well, if we don't get Kyron Moore, then yes, I would be afraid. As long as we get one of those two guys back. As long as we get a Shaq Evans or a Kyron Moore back, I'm fine, because you need that one-two punch in the CFL, right? You need that veteran receiver one-two punch. You get Duke Williams, you get Kyron Moore, Shaq Evans. As long as you lock up Duke Williams and one of those two guys, I think that's a pretty good one-two punch right there. Um, losing both Shaq Evans and Kyron Moore, I don't think that's going to happen, but if it does, that's... I think that's close to worst-case scenario for the Riders. To me, we've seen what Shaq can do. He was an absolute stud in 2019. He was a league all-star. It's, it's still in there. It's still in there. It's not like he, got, not like he turned 40 years old last season. Uh, I think Shaq needs to be back. But I may be alone in that. Text line is 306-936-6262. One guy the Riders must re-sign, the guy, and the guy they should let test the free agent market. The text line is brought to you by the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. It's the Chase the Ace Rider Edition text line. You know I think Duke is an absolute must. One guy who I think should get to market. Reveal that next when Glenn Suter joins us in the cage. On a Tuesday, time for fine tailored suits brought to you by Quality Tire. Ten locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. The man who has a black blazer for every show, it's Glenn Suter. What's going on, brother? Well, I won't back down, as as Johnny Cash said so well. <laughs> I love it. Uh, suits, I want you to take us behind the scenes for a second, because the blazer joke uh, made me think. I have in my closet right now, three years uh, away from being on TV, I have like 14 suits and 30 dress shirts. What's your what's your closet look like? Because I assume you work with some sort of clothing allowance, being on TV and being this handsome. Yeah, yeah that is that is a, a nice little perk, actually, because, yeah. um, you know, I was actually talking with my uh, accountant that helps me with taxes because we're coming up on that time of year. And she was she was basically saying, hey, we need to get your receipts and, and your invoices for how you did your clothing within your contract and things like that. And I said, you know, I, I have those. I'll dig them up. They're Harry Rosen. And I would never shop there if I had any other job. <laughs> I mean, this the only reason that I pay two hundred dollars for a tie, which to me is ludicrous. Ludicrous yep. is because that tie is going to be on TV, and I'm representing the league and the, and TSN and Bell Media, and I and I want to do that properly. So I'll do it. But if I had a different job, any other job, oh yeah, I'm just not shopping there. I'm just not spending that kind of money to put a jacket on. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, the, not to say anything bad about Harry Rosen, they make beautiful. No, clothes, they're great, but, fantastic. But just uh, there is. If you can get a job where someone else pays for your clothing, it'll change <laughs> your life because there were times where it's like I, I would have spent, I would have dropped three grand 
on suits mm-hmm. and shirts and stuff and not blinked because someone else was paying for it, right? Versus if, if you couldn't pry three grand out of my cold, dead hand <laughs> in my regular exactly. life. Yeah, it's- exactly. Although, you know, there's times when I look at uh, sometimes I think, you know, I'll take my wife to a Canucks game. And then I look at the price of the tickets and I go, you know what? I'll watch them on TV. (laughs) (laughs) We'll order in something really nice and we'll save that money. My goodness. Uh, Yeah. Uh, A lot of teams are concerned with their spending right now. We're about a month ahead of free agency in the Canadian Football League. The Riders today announcing they've re-signed Taryn Vaughn and Charbel DeBeer to uh, Taryn Vaughn in the starting lineup. Charbel, I think, will push for a starting lineup spot. Uh, next season uh, excited for both of those but it led me to this we need to go around the league and go here's a guy this team absolutely needs to resign and here's a guy who actually might do really well if he hits the free agent market uh, for me it's pretty easy with the riders Duke Williams you and I have talked about this ad nauseum the riders need to resign Duke Williams uh, but give me a guy from the riders you think might do pretty well actually if he hit the open market yeah, well, first of all, when, when I got the text and, and you sent me a text just saying, hey, let's do this and let's go team to team and around the league. And I thought, this is great. This is sort of putting your GM hat on. And, and I, I put that second category, the one you're interested in here, under the sort of you don't want to overpay for that player because first we should have the big name players in that list. I mean, you can there's lots of free agents that are kind of backups or or role players that you could easily put in that and say, well, if we lost him on free agency, we could replace him. Um, you know, but so I was looking at star names yep. and, and putting it in a category where I, I want them, but I can't overpay for that guy now. So, okay. so that's how I looked at it. Um, but Duke Williams, as far as the must have, absolutely. You know, and that, and that's a primetime player in the prime of his age for that position. Um, and I love his edge and attitude that he brings, can lead the receiver group. But but the riders have the longest list of names, I think, big names, as any team in the league in the free agent department. Yep. I mean, Purefort, Tights, Williams, Powell, Moore, Evans, Adam, Ganey, Micah. Yep. I mean – like, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I broke it down to two guys in the, you just can't overpay. And it's super tough because I love both these players. Okay. Hit me. Shaq Evans is one of them. Okay. And, and I put him in there because obviously lack of production, his injury is still a bit of a question mark until he breaks right out of it and gets back to that old form. You know, he hasn't done that yet. Uh, the way he kind of outwardly showed his frustration this year, um, you know, I, I don't blame him for it, but I wonder if psychologically he's he's going to be still working through some issues and that chemistry with Cody and how that's working. And it's just, it's too big a risk with the cup in the backyard to spend half a season trying to get that chemistry back. They either have to get it back or he may be a guy that you don't want to overspend for. Okay. Especially if you're given a few more dollars to to Duke to get him there, um, to get him back, and Micah Johnson and I, I just oh now you're I know, treading on I dangerous know, I, turf. I know, I oh. know. <laughs> Suits, don't make me fight you. Okay, you're gonna have to explain this one. I I know. I just I look at age, 
I, I look at um, the last couple of years with some injury issues, which kind of go hand in hand with age. I still think he's a dominant interior D lineman that you could still play off the edge if you want to. Okay. I think in, in combination with AC and that signing, huge and important. So he's a he's sort of a distant second behind Shaq, but it had to be big names and. You know, I think if you're if you're gonna really have to break the bank for Micah, maybe it's that Wally Buono let him go two years before he's sort of at the end. Because I still think he has a lot of football left in him. But I I put him down there anyway. Micah led the league in in uh, tackles for a loss. His sack numbers were down, and people will. I have a bunch of reasons why I think this happens, but people will pay attention to sack numbers and ignore run plays that were stopped for a loss. Micah Johnson, the league leader in that particular category this past season. Uh, my thought uh, as far as uh, Duke Williams, obviously must resign a guy who might do well if he hits the open market in my mind, uh, Justin McKinnis first yep. round pick in 2019, all the physical attributes are there. Uh, this past season was, was tough on him. He talked to us on the show about, you know, my wife was in school and I had to take care of my kid and our, our kids during the day and then try to find time to work out at night. So when he came into camp a little in less than ideal shape, he went, then worked his way into camp and that hamstring injury gets in the way. But I feel like there's eight other teams that would look at this and go, look at these physical school skills. We need a guy on the outside. They might be able to, you know, they might be willing to go another 5K for Justin McKinnis. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'd want him back. I mean, I, oh, that's the yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, this is the guy, especially with uh, Lenius in and his NFL. You know, he may be if he does come back at all, and I and I hope the best for him in Atlanta. I hope that he makes it down there and makes some big money doing the exact same thing he's doing in Saskatchewan. But um, yeah, I think that sort of increases the urgency for guys like Justin McKinnis to get them back and get them signed. Like Micah Tights is is ahead of some of the imports on my priority list if I'm if I'm uh, Jeremy O'Day here because Tights is back under contract suits. They re-signed him late in the year. That's right. He that's and Marshall right. on the same day. Yeah. They got him late in the year. But but a guy like Adam too. Yep. Mike Adam being up there because of Canadian uh hitting that all-star prime time and guy that you can be you know, just solidify the back end, knows, knows the defense, knows how to quarter, quarterback it back there. You know, those are, those are guys that are ahead of, in, in some ways, the Gainies and the William Powells because of their Canadian status too. So I, I think um, Justin McInnes would be in that. All right. What team do you want to go to next? I feel like Edmonton. Well, let's go. Go ahead. Pick, pick a team. I was going to say, let's go west. Let's go west, and then we'll head east. We'll start on the coast and head east. All right. The BC Lions, uh, to me, their list wasn't overly daunting. Uh, but when I looked at that, I thought, okay, they just got Lucky Whitehead back. To me, the guy they absolutely need to bring back is their left tackle, Joel Figueroa. That was such a problem, O-line, in 2019. And they thought they fixed it with Riker Matthews, but then he got hurt, and they had some real struggles. They cannot, to me, lose one of the top – three left tackles in the Canadian football league. So Joel Figueroa is a must resign for BC. Yeah, I, I, I didn't put him. Uh, I think he's further down the priority list. I, I think the, uh, Riker Matthews was a huge, huge disappointment. If, if you talk to coach Campbell about losing him, 
they had real high expectations. In fact, maybe beating out Figueroa in that spot. So I, I think, you know, looking at that, I put him down the list. Brian Burnham is, to me, um, they have to get Brian back. You know, I, yeah. I, I think Brian with Whitehead, who just signed, now now you have that tandem that all of a sudden the BC Lions look like a competitive contender when those two were getting it done. And then they lost Lucky. And when they lost Lucky, you know, it was double team Brian again. And all of a sudden they look like that team out of the playoffs again. So that's them. And the guy that I think that, you know, I, I think, I don't think they should overpay and it's time to maybe move on is, is Chris Rainey. Uh, you oh, know, I, absolutely. Nailed it. Yep. Yeah. I, I just think he's, you know, he's 33 years old. He's, he's coming off a season with his lowest punt return average. He had, he didn't score a punt return touchdown uh, last season and he hasn't scored a kick return touchdown in two years. Uh, and there just seems to be a level of comfort with him um, in the Lions uniform right now that to me is not working and it would be best for him because he still has got he still has football in him, but he needs a change of scenery and maybe a little more urgency in his game. Yeah, for a few years, the thought of Chris Rainey to me has been better than the production of Chris Rainey. So if you're going to let a guy go, I, I think that's the one. Uh, I went with a, a guy who, who should try the open market because he would make – I think he'd make some more money. Burnham would make more money on the open market, in my mind. But he, there are clearly, I, I, be, I believe there are other factors that keep him wanting to come back to BC. I think if Shaq Johnson were to try the open market, in 18, they slid him down inside a little more, and he really produced. He's, hard, he's not a huge body, but that dude can get open. And just sticking him out at the Z receiver spot just seems to... He just gets lost in there, in my mind. Shaq Johnson could really do some things uh, if uh, if if he found a, a spot that might be willing to use him a little more. Man, I, I, I've been behind him and, yeah. and pushing him as the future in BC in the Canadian receiver uh, department for years now, for two years now. And he just hasn't got there yet. And I'm pro probably because of where he's lined up. And as you mentioned, he's out there to that wide spot and, Hard to get him the ball at times, but I, I think I'm with you on his potential, but it's been a couple of years now and I'm starting to say, does he have it or am I missing something from the outside looking in? Because at some point you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a Javon Katoy is another interesting cat when, when you look at the res uh, receiving core for BC that I think, again, huge upside. Yeah. That's a team that ran three Canadians at receiver in 2019 because they had the horses. We'll see what they do for 2021. All right, uh, let's go to Calgary. Honestly, my guy who should hit the open market is also a must re-sign. There were so many times where I went, yeah, this guy can make a bunch of money, but you need to get him back. So I settled on Jameer Thurman as my must re-sign for the Calgary Stampeders. That like weak it. side linebacker, tackling machine, coverage, just does absolutely everything needed in that defense. And Thurman and Sankey were just destroying offenses this year. Now, did I miss something, or did Mike Rose, has he not signed yet? My, Mike Rose has not signed. He's the guy I think should hit the open market for the same reason Micah Johnson was the highest-paid defensive player in the league in 2019. That should pro Mike Rose should probably be the highest-paid defensive player in 2022. So I said he should try the open market. Yeah, I, you're thinking of it from the player's perspective. I'm thinking yeah. of it a little bit from the from the club's perspective. And, and Mike Rose, to me, is a must-sign for Calgary. Get him back. And on the don't overpay department, 
okay. for a guy and let him go to the open market. And this is gonna this is gonna surprise you, but it had to be a big name to me. It had to be a big name, Kamar Jordan, who Ooh. is a banged. He's a banged up thirty two years old. He's not. He's not a young thirty two. He's got some miles on him, but this is a guy in eight years has never played more than 11 games in a season because he's been banged up and he still could generate some money for himself and still has game left. But if I'm Calgary, I'm looking at that thinking, I, I don't know. He just, he misses too many games. Great player when he's on the, in the roster yeah. on the roster, but I might be okay with letting him test the free agent market. And I, I think that fits both of our qualifications because Kamara, I, I, I think a team chasing this year, uh, if, if Winnipeg were to somehow not agree, if Kenny Lawler were to get away from Winnipeg, boom, here's Kamar Jordan. And for as many games as he plays, they, they may not well miss a step. That's a real, that's a real interesting one to be watching. All right. Uh, the Edmonton Elks. Uh, absolutely positively, it's Chris Jones' world now. Absolutely positively, in my mind, have to re-sign Derek Moncrief. Love it. Great one, for sure. Uh, could, couldn't agree more. Uh, but I went in a different direction. I'm going with Kwaku Boitang, and I know Ooh. I know what you're going to say. He He's coming off his worst year, maybe even including his rookie year. And, you know, I, I'm not going to put as much emphasis on a 14-game COVID-type season that as I would in a normal season. So I'm not going to give up on Kwaku Bote. And I, I, because he's a Canadian too, he, he gets a Canadian status. If I can get eight, ten sacks out of him, starting rush end, edge pressure, that, that's a guy I don't want to let go. He was my guy who should probably who I would kind of like to see on the open market, not because I think Edmonton needs to get rid of him, but what might Calgary pay a guy like Kwaku Boateng when they have a Canadian at defensive end already in Isaac Adeyemi Berglund, there's built in depth. Boateng, I think GMs might think mm, I'm going to be buying low on this guy. So maybe I bump it by five grand and he will produce like he did in 19. Cause that guy was legit a star in 2019. Absolutely. I think he might, I think there'd be, I think there's a market for him should he want to go but that yeah, yeah. that then dovetails with what you say yeah very interesting one right and and the guy that i i would not overpay for in fact he's gonna have to restructure is is Darrell. i mean oh that's, that, yeah Darrell walker is we, there's something going on there he didn't look the same he he didn't have that edge that he's had where he he wins a contested catch he he hasn't he didn't do that he just looked like he he changed his training program or regime or something and almost almost looked too slim i i don't know okay. it just there was something off with darrell walker i'm not overpaying for walker this year yeah in um, in 2019 i kirk penton was writing for the athletic and said he said hey break down for me who's the best receiver in the canadian football league and i he was in that toronto season and toronto's offense was very weird and i said it's still darrell walker and here's why I now, having seen two seasons of it over three years, I can't say Darrell Walker is the best receiver in the league anymore. I just no. because I don't know what's going on, and the 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 lack of attention drops that he has that would pop up every once in a while, those are not no longer covered by a hundred yard touchdowns. It something 
there's something been going on, and may, whether it's the teams he's been on or whatever, I, I'm with you that uh, Darrell, from the Elks' perspective, better to let him test the uh, the open market. All right, uh, let's do this on the other side of the break because the Grey Cup champions, God, I hate saying that, but I keep saying it, <laughs> the two-time Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they got a, they've got some very important players still on the market, but one guy I think could make some real bank if uh, defensive coordinators are willing to take a shot. We'll do that coming up as we go around the Canadian Football League with Glenn Suter in fine tailored suits on the Sports Cage. Sports ticker 551, Riders re-signing tackle Taryn Vaughn, defensive tackle Charbel DeBeer. Vaughn missed all of 21 after injuring his shoulder in training camp. And Regina's finest, Pat Newfeld re-signed with the Bombers today. 33-year-old entering his eighth season in Winnipeg says he wants to play the rest of his career with the Bombers. Sigh. Sports ticker brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. 781-2090. Guys that teams must re-sign and guys that should they should not overpay. As we are doing this with Glenn Suter on the sports cage. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Zach Calera still a free agent. Stanley Bryant, Adam Big Hill, Brandon Alexander. Uh, to me, this is positional value, and they got to resign Zach Caleros. He took them to two great cups. They've won two great cups. He was the difference maker in that team in 2019. It's Zach Caleros must resign for the Bombers suits. Yeah, when I was doing my research and writing down the names, Big Hill jumped right out at me, and I, I wrote Big Hill down right away, and then I went, whoa, 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 hold on. I got to back up the truck here because – a very, very good team. The best team in the league can look average in a heartbeat without quarterbacking. So you're bang on right. It has to be Zach. Have to sign him. Get him back right now. Yep. If you if you are trying to figure out your quarterback, you go from the best team in the league to average very quickly. Yeah, and I wanted to say Stanley Bryant because I think if you take positional value out of it, Stanley Bryant might just be the best player in the Canadian Football League, but it's it's quarterback overall. I think that if he decides to test the market, I think Brandon Alexander could get a giant payday uh, because we saw a lot of teams go to Americans at safety this season. BC did it for a bunch. Toronto did it. The Riders obviously did it with injury. Winnipeg made it their staple. Calgary did it because of injury. I think if Brandon Alexander... Wants to take a look. I think there's a nice market for for him in this Canadian Football League. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, he. In fact, I put him down with Big Hill as a possibility for must sign for Winnipeg. Mm. That's you know. So I I would agree with you that you know he he's going to have value on the open market he, if he's there. The guys that though that as the club's perspective, you look at it from the club's perspective that I wouldn't overpay for, maybe sort of a Darvin Adams and. Uh, you know, again, these are guys that I really like. So this is not, I'm okay with allowing them to leave and hit the free agent market. But in, in your exercise that you created, yeah, I, I looked at it and thought, you know, Darvin Adams was there for 11 games in 21, but really it was only eight or nine that he was back and, and back to normal. And they won without him. And I, yep. you know, I, he would he would generate a lot of action i think on the open market a lot of uh sort of a bidding war probably and i think the the bombers probably live without him i i i honestly think they will let him walk he injuries are getting in the way 
for the last couple, three years, if not three years, injuries have gotten in the way. Uh, Whitehead took his spot in 2019 because of injury. It's It's got a... Yeah, yeah I think you're right. 32 years old. Uh, yeah. An older 32 years old. I th- I think, and this this one is, is going to be a little bit out there, I think if they let Kenny Lawler go, to, you, to the way you put it, Kenny Lawler was fantastic this season. But yeah. I think there are a lot of receivers who would thrive in that offense. And Lawler at 6'3 and 200 pounds, whatever it is, made some amazing plays. That catch against the Riders in the West Final was ridiculous. Like, ridiculously good. Yeah. I, oh, I, think, I think they don't have to overpay Kenny Lawler in that offense because they could plop a they could bring a guy in into that spot and go hey rj harris you're a free agent from ottawa come be a bomber and between Kalaros, between that buck pierce offense that offensive line i think i think guys will will reach their their peaks in that winnipeg offense yeah i think you're probably right when you you sort of look at it if they get zach back yes and they have that old line i mean olivera could play tailback you know, different guy than than Andrew Harris, but he could and he did and did well. Uh, the receivers uh, at times changed. Darvin Adams was unavailable the whole time, so and they still won. So yeah, I, I think you have that old line and, and a great quarterback, and now you can you can add a great defense. Let's not forget that well, one of the top defense in the league. So exactly yeah, that makes makes a difference. All right, uh, let's do must resigns. Hamilton Tiger Cats must resign. This is Hamilton, hard. Well, I got I've I've got Jagera Davis, but I I they have to decide on a quarterback. They have to decide what direction they're going because both Masoli and Dane Evans are on the mark, are free agents possibly if if they get there. And uh, you know who do you go with? Who, who which guy is going to be your guy? Because one is going. Yeah, I since I essentially think they're the same quarterback, and and Dane Evans is younger. I'm I'm. I'm on the Dane Evans doubter side, and I feel often I'm alone in that. But I don't think Dane Evans is particularly great at quarterback, so uh, I think you, I think it's Dane Evans just for the for me slightly younger than Jeremiah Masoli, and I don't feel great about it honestly. Yeah, I I, I went that way too, just because they're five. Is it five years younger? It's about five yeah. years younger than than Jeremiah, and Jeremiah had a major knee injury, so that's that's another always sort of in the back of your mind. Although when he 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 had. He played well enough to win the game in the Great Cup. A couple special teams um, issues hurt the Ticats yep. there, but may have may have stole that game had had they played that kick a little bit better. <laughs> I, yeah, I had a real tough time deciding between Jagarit Davis and Dylan Wynn, two guys who in different ways are are beasts on that defensive line. Uh, Toronto must re-sign this player. I put Cam Judge or, or Mwamba down there. I, I think they build their defense around those Canadians that are all-star caliber guys, and Judge is a little more versatile. Uh, when I looked at their list completely, and the guy that I think that they shouldn't overpay is is Devaris Daniels again for the same, same reason, reason as Kamar Jordan. Yeah, yeah. It just it just hasn't broken his way the last few years. I, I had Mwamba on my list as a must resign. Dexter McCoyle had a hell of a season there in Toronto as well. I think that's that's an important piece. Montreal Alouettes must re-sign. Montreal, ha- well, this was a tougher one because their list isn't as big. And it's it, this team and Ottawa were both in the same sort of boat for me. I was looking, trying to find that guy that I'm going, oh, I absolutely have to have him back. I, yeah. I looked at Jake Winicky and I looked at Mario Alford and I thought, you know, 
those are two. I, first of all, in all of this, I was always looking for pass rush pressure first, offensive tackle second. Okay. And then everybody, and then everybody else. <laughs> so, so if, if there wasn't an offensive tackle that I wanted back for sure on my team, I went to the skilled positions after that. Yeah. Um, and, and I picked Mario Elford as kind of the guy, the okay. big play guy that you have to have back. Uh, I went money hunter sub 50% completion percentage allowed uh, that he wasn't the CFL all-star at that boundary corner was ridiculous. He changed the game. Uh, 30 seconds. Ottawa must resign. I feel like we're going to have the same player. RJ Harris, if they get, if they, if they get consistency at quarterback somehow, that guy is a perennial thousand yard receiver. Yeah. No problem. We, we, Automatic. He's the guy I thought if he tries the market, he might find some great stuff. Uh, Mark Cordy is to me the guy they absolutely have to resign. Ottawa has done a real good job getting their stars back into the fold, though. They were not overly talented, but they got those guys to resign already, which Avery Williams is already guaranteed to be back. I think that is a fantastic move. Uh, by the Ottawa Red Blacks. Suits, plenty more of these exercises coming in the offseason, so be ready because this is the kind of stuff I love talking about the CFL. Ready to go, buddy. Have a good one. I love it. Glenn Suter, fine tailored suits, brought to you by Quality Tire, 10 locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. Clayton, who did better, me or Suits? Oh, Ty. No, just kidding, Suits. (laughs) Ah, brutal. Brutal. Stacey and Clayton, 96.3 Cruise FM in the mornings. Uh, Clayton hosting the show Thursday and Friday. I'm looking forward to that, brother. Boom. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast. I love it. Clayton Croker uh, from our folks in Saskatoon. 6 o'clock news is next on 620 CKRM. Kane is in the building. Six oh six on a Tuesday, the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lottery is the main fundraiser for over twelve thousand sport, culture, and recreation groups. Uh, you'll hear it in his voice, but I can see it in his face. The relief that Mike Zimmer is no longer the coach of his Minnesota Vikings. It's a rash, Madani, everybody. Relief, relief. Uh, and honestly, DT, I'm not one of those people who just wants the coach fired and. Let's get rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him, and the grass is greener on the other side. But eight years, two playoff wins, um, the message just wasn't getting it through anymore. Um, back-to-back missed playoff years. Yeah. The, the point where I feel like I knew it was going to happen is when a reporter said, hey, do you want to see more from Kellen? Do you want to see Kellen Mond this week? And he goes, no. I yeah. see enough in practice. I went, oh, man, that guy has checked out from coaching. Oh, my goodness. I think when you lose to the Detroit Lions <laughs> and your vaunted defense allowed the great Jared Goff to drive the field and you had thrown a three-man rush at him with a prevent defense and they scored a win it, yeah. that might have been, uh, been it. Yeah, feel free to reemerge as a coordinator at some point, but your time as head coach is now uh, done. All right, uh, let's talk about the Canadian Football League. Uh, the death of Don Southern a couple months after Angelo Mosca. Different generations, but but these are two guys that meant a ton to the cities that, that they, they made their careers in. Yeah, I mean, look, Southern was a player for Hamilton and coached Hamilton and won in Hamilton. But, you know, the first news release that we got on our, on our emails today uh, was from Calgary, where he was also a player. And and also a great cup winning coach, you know, three and a half decades in the league. And I was thinking about this DT 
that you mentioned Mosca and Don Southern and over there in Regina, I mean, everybody knows what Ron Lancaster meant to all of Saskatchewan. We just don't have that anymore. I think the last, you know, the last true CFL player that connected with his market is Anthony Calvillo in Montreal. Now I think Bo Levi yep. is kind of is is kind of Calgary, and, and they got the championships to prove it. Um, but you know, AC was part of a renaissance when the Alouettes had folded. They came back. They weren't drawing flies at, at Olympic Stadium. They lucked into the McGill thing, and then they took off. And they had two hundred thousand people come to their parade. And and Bo is kind of that. Outside of Bo and maybe Dave Dickinson, even though he had success with BC as well, who is there? Who who today do you just, you know, active player in the CFL, do you say, okay, he's a rider? Like, you know, it, Eddie Davis was a rider. Gene Mikowski was a rider. Um, it's, I mean, I Dan know. Clark is the one right now. Yeah. It's, yeah. But, I mean, league-wide, like you mentioned, Bo Levi-Mitchell. Uh, in a couple of years, Brian Burnham in BC we may talk about. But there's just – I mean, there isn't the – there's not the old-school longevity for a bunch of reasons that we won't get into. But there's not the longevity with one team. Uh, Pat Newfeld, Regina's Finest, re-signed with Winnipeg for what will be his right. eighth season there. Those are very few and very far between. Yeah, and, and part of it, too – you know, Don, Don Southern was a character. He was an old school, like Mike Zimmer, grizzly, gruffly. Uh, uh, you know, he was a he was a defensive back. He was also a kicker, and he kicked straight on. There, there's there was always, you know, uh, Ron Lancaster was an absolute beauty. Angelo Mosca was the character of all characters. Bo's that. Bo's the cowboy. Bo Bo gets into squabbles with people. Bo's out there. Bo will speak his mind. So that's Bo. Yeah. Um, the CFL needs more of that today. The CFL really needs to not just market stars, market characters, market, market the sizzle. You can, you know, it's great to have the steak and you want that at the end of it. Um, but if Dane Evans walked down the street in any market outside of Hamilton, I'm not sure anybody recognizes the dude who started in this year's Grey Cup. Yeah, and the 2019 Grey Cup as well. I'm with you on that, and that's something they will – well, they won't have to reckon with because they fixed the uh, economic model. It's fine. They fixed it, Arash. Right. Remember? Right. You, you were there for that. They fixed it. They fixed it. Arash sports that on the Western Pizza hotline. Uh, NFL playoffs start on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, and a Monday nighter in the NFL playoffs. Uh, give me a team you want to be worried about, but pr they're probably not going to be what you're worried about i i really want to buy the raiders dt yeah four weeks ago vegas not oakland vegas six and seven and then they run the table five weeks ago baltimore was eight four and the ravens don't even make the playoffs i mean that that's the kind of terror that that the raiders have been on but i look at it and at and I, and I really believe in momentum in football when it comes like this. The hot team, the healthy team, which in large part is why Tampa won last year. Um, but you win a Sunday night game that goes five quarters, not four. You, 
have so much emotion. You lose one of your top pass rushers, and defense has been a big part of their identity. Already without rugs because he's an idiot and a criminal, allegedly. Um, and I just look at it, okay, you finish late Sunday night. You now got to travel three time zones to play on a Saturday where you've had to hit double sixes rolling the dice for four straight weeks. As hot as the Raiders are and as well as they've been playing, if they, if, they're, if they were the Monday night game, I think it's an altogether different conversation. The fact that they're a Saturday game, I think, really, really hampers them. Well, Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati, this is new to them, right, in the Joe Burrow era and obviously Jamar Chase era. Cincinnati's for real. Like, oh, yeah, they're not they they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. And it's hardly going on a limb when you pick one out of 14 teams and say they're not going to win it. But Cincinnati's going to win a Super Bowl with with uh, Burrow and Chase. They're going to win a Super Bowl if they can not trip over their own feet. Uh, and that's that's a real the Raiders did not want to play the Chiefs at Arrowhead and they wanted to play the Bengals. I, I just I'm with you in that. I don't think it's going to go real well even though it'd be nice if they would give me a team that maybe is uh sneaky and could do some damage like this is i think a sneaky team that can do damage is san francisco yes i i, I really believe that they they have dynamic receivers they have a good defense but their corners are suspect dt that that would ha that's what has me worried if i'm a san francisco fan going up against dak prescott in a dynamic offense as, as well as the Cowboys have played, and I thought they've been the hottest and the best team in the NFC for the last little while, losing Michael Gallup really hurts them. I, I'm not calling them sneaky, and it's not because they're the number one seed in the AFC. But if you actually dig into the analytics, Tennessee is does not scare anybody. No, no, true. But they're getting healthier. And it's not just at the most important position in football, the running back position. Oh, your position. God, I threw up in my mouth. Oh. They're getting Taylor Lewan, their left tackle back. They're getting A.J. Brown. They're getting two receivers back. So suddenly you can stretch the field and you have a, a bruising dynamic back and you have two of them in January football and you have another – you have, an, you have a major boost to your offensive line. It's not that Tennessee is the one seed that, that, that I think makes them scary. It's all the provisions they're getting back with a bye that makes them, uh, that makes them pretty lethal. Had you said Julio and A.J. Brown, I would have been with you. But uh, tell me how – to start with your favorite position. Tell me, tell me how having the best running back in the NFL helped the Indianapolis Colts this weekend and this season, dot, dot, dot. How about Jacksonville running back? Oh my God. Can you believe that? I legitimately cannot believe just as we digress that the Indianapolis Colts with a chance to make the playoffs laid down and died against a team as bad against Jacks as Jacks and lost by 15 when they were what? 15 and a half point favorites. Come on. And, and that's the second time that Jacksonville has done that this year. Don't forget, they beat Buffalo, too, as a three-score underdog. That 9-6 game, yeah. Um, bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. They beat Miami. They got Brian Flores fired. Because if not for that nonsense, 
we'd be talking about the Dolphins playing in the playoffs. But the Indy thing is just absolutely wild, isn't it? It, it, it's, it is remarkable. I don't know that I thought they were going to be world beaters, but anybody – and and they're, they're saddled to Carson Wentz for three more years, I think it is. I know. On a $140 million contract, and he is absolutely the boat anchor. If you had just an average quarterback in there – they, their offensive line is phenomenal. Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line can really do damage. They are, they are just so troubled. I, I want to get back to San Francisco. I took us away from that. But San Francisco with Shanahan, and they haven't done a ton with Trey Lance versus what you think they might be able to do. But if they did, I mean, if they've been holding back some Trey Lance and Debo Samuel action. San Francisco will be a tough out for just about anybody because who knows what that offense will look like. I know. I know. And what I really enjoyed about San Francisco was a couple of things uh, on Sunday. As much as, as much attention as the Chargers Raiders game got, that was a good seven minutes of the fourth quarter and an entertaining overtime. Mm -hmm. It actually wasn't that great of a football game. The Rams and San Fran, that that second half was dynamite. And what I really liked about what Shanahan did was even down a couple of scores, he did not abandon what the DNA of that football team is, even without Raheem Mostert. They came down the field. When they, were, when they turned it into a football game, DT, it was power football the whole way down the field, being able to run on Aaron Donald, and Von Miller and the rest of that defense, they're able to do that, which in January matters. And their actual only throw of that drive was a touchdown pass. That was a gadget play. I, I like the fact that San Francisco can do so many different things on offense. And I'm with you. I was wondering, do they have a few packages with Trey Lance in yeah. here that they, that they, they're just kind of keeping for a rainy day. Because a rainy day may be a Sunday afternoon in, in, in Arlington um, to, to pull it out for. Yeah, I, I feel like, no, there are bigger, there are bigger things. But, man, uh, Lance could be a real Streveler-type weapon if, if they chose to unleash that in the playoff games. Dallas would not know uh, what hit them. Arash Madani of Sportsnet with us on the cage. Uh, final one, Saskatoon's Emily Clark, one of 23 women named to Canada's women's national hockey team. I was discussing this with Clayton earlier. Uh, this is the hockey tournament I want to watch because I kind of, and by kind of I mean entirely, don't care about the men's Olympic tournament. Fair. And I was thinking about this um, earlier. Women's soccer, Canada versus USA, one of the great rivalries in sport. Women's hockey, Canada versus USA, one of the great rivalries in sport. Like when you think about among all of them that exist out there, <clears throat> excuse me, Yankees, Red Sox, Riders, Bombers, um, Vikings and nobody. Um, when you think about the great rivalries in sport, that Canada-US women's hockey Show every one of those showdowns is something fierce, and it's not just because DT the men's hockey team uh, won't have NHLers this year. These Olympics coming up, there are no more connections to Vancouver 2010, 
that so many Canadians, there were so many Olympians from those Olympics that became household names. Mm -hmm. Alex Bilodeau and the Moguls and Tessa and Scott in figure skating and Patrick Chan in figure skating and Denny Morrison in speed skating. On and on we can go. All the athletes that you got to know, they're all gone. Except Marie-Philippe Poulain, who over and over scores the golden goal. And this team, just like the women's soccer, Canadians rally around this team. To me, they are. You to, this is no men. There's no disrespect to Jennifer Jones and, and the curling teams, but to me, the team for Canada at Beijing 2022 is going to be that women's hockey team. And if it ends up being a gold medal game, Canada and the U.S., I know who we're betting on winning or scoring the game-winning goal for that. Yeah, whatever Bodog offers, I will take it on Marie-Philippe Poulin. No question. Arash, thank you, brother. Great to talk to you on a Tuesday. Thanks, DT. Arash Madani of Sportsnet in the Madani Report, brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. I would not be the least bit surprised, Mosh, if the man I want to be like, who's dropping 70K on a car, was a Brian Golly client. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. He's got to be. Got to. I mean, that just makes perfect sense. Just walked in off the street. I still can't get over I that. I saw that car, <laughs> and I'd like. And I'd like to buy it. Oh, would you like to test drive it? No, no, I'm good. I'm just gonna take your word on it that it's good to go. And, yeah, I. And people ask me, well, how did how did he pay for it? I'm like. I have no idea because I don't know how you would get your hands on $70,000. I assume he wire transferred it, but I I don't know how you would do that. But I thought, yeah, that'd be a good goal to just go, yeah, I can spend 70 grand today. Is 70,000 even a real number? Like, come on. <laughs> Who just has $70,000 lying in their bank account like you allotted to earlier and just, here you go, take it. Someone I want that one. <laughs> Someone who's done it right for a long, uh, long time. Life is way too easy for that guy. 623, more coming from the cage. This is how we do it. This is 624 on the cage. All the guests of the show appear on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. Great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. We went around the league talking about... Guys teams need to re-sign in the Canadian Football League and guys who would probably do well if they hit the open market. I said BC receiver Shaq Johnson maybe should hit the open market and find some team willing to use him a little better on the text line. Pick one, Shaq, DT. You can only have one. Hey, if it's Shaq Evans and Shaq Johnson, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. I could make that happen. I could absolutely make that happen. Also from the text line, uh, texture saying, I would let William Powell hit free agency before Micah Johnson, Glenn Suter saying that Micah Johnson maybe was a guy that he would not overpay for the coming season. Again, Micah Johnson is on my out of my cold dead hand team. You can have him when you pry him out of my cold dead hand. Uh, he is that important. And even in a season where, oh, well, he didn't have a lot of sacks. He made the most tackles for a loss in the Canadian Football League. Not tackles. But I went in the running back. I went in the backfield and destroyed a running back plays. And that we don't think of those like we think of sacks to me is absolutely kooky. Uh, Janice is on Twitter saying, so many choices. I can't narrow it to just one. Must signs for the riders. Duke, Purifoy, and Brett Lother. 
I would let test free agency Jordan Williams Lambert, Shaq, or McKenna Henry. Interesting uh, on that one. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do about with with Brett Lawther because we're depending on what the global player rules are. We're starting the transition into global specialists in the Canadian Football League, so I wonder what is going to happen on that front. Murray, hashtag snurs, uh, hoping that Picton or Jake Hardy can step into the Braden Lenius role. Hardy would be an interesting one. He's, he's again, another guy who's valuable on special teams, uh, but the Lenius position in Jason Moss's offense wasn't every single snap, right? That guy would come out, fullback comes in, oh, now he's back in. I wonder what Jake Hardy could do in that role. That's a, that's a good one for Murray. Bill says Duke Williams is an absolute must re-sign, and uh, we get them from around and around the Canadian Football League. Mosh, as a Ryder fan, give me the Ryder. Like, Fajardo's under contract. Give me the Ryder. They absolutely have to re-sign. I think you got to keep Duke Williams. You have you have to re-sign him. No, yeah. oh. <laughs> no questions asked. To the point where, as a fan – I don't care what it costs. Like if you, if he's the highest paid non quarterback in the Canadian football league and it, it screws up the team in other spots. I kind of don't care. Like, yeah, like if you just, know what I mean? Just look at the energy he brought. Oh, you know, when, once they signed him yeah. and you know, just what he brought to a game day, you know, feel for that team and the catches that he was making towards the end, man. Jeez. We haven't seen things like that in Ryderville. I don't even want to date myself in a, in a long time. Like he just the, the spark he brings to that team and, and and the fans themselves too. It's just yeah, Duke Williams number one needs to be re-signed in Ryderville. Yeah, I that's to me the easiest one. And if Lucky Whitehead gets two hundred five and Duke <laughs> says I want two twenty five, and Jeremy O'Day says Oh, I I can't go that high. I no idea how that negotiation would go. Give the man the money. Uh, Sign him. Here's the truck. Please take from it what you need, and I'll see you in May. Because it was just we that need big you back in green. A deal. And and to, to folks were asking, well, isn't he going to get some looks in the NFL? We haven't heard anything about Duke Williams working out in the NFL. No. Again, so that is as Ryder fans, that is fantastic news. Plus. Thinking he will be back in the Canadian Football League in 2022. Tomorrow, big show filled with champions. Riders linebacker Micah Tights will join us. Scotty's champion Penny Barker heading to the Scotties in Thunder Bay after her win over Chelsea Carey on the weekend. She'll join us. Farhan Lalji, TSN football expert, and Alan Mitchell low tide on all things NHL. Sports Cage for our good friends at the Canadian Brew House, the Sports Cage on Demand. Winter wonderful feature dishes now available at the Canadian Brew House. Wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and a review, and join us tomorrow for plenty more. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.